It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land, the Good Times with Good People Company proudly present the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Good. Now that you've got your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. Uh, first, I have Chris O'Connor. Uh, he is, of course, the co-owner of Liquid Nine Broadcast Media. Uh, I have uh, Big Dave Elliott. He's the owner of CMP Construction, and Ben Roberts. He is the Pendergast uh, Club's resident bartender extraordinaire. And uh, for some of you who are used to hearing her voice on the podcast, uh, the anonymous female uh, will not be joining us today. She's a little under the weather, so out there in podcast land, we like to send a collective. Oh, so uh, today what we're going to be talking about is 2017. I look forward to the year to come. So, um, kind of some stuff that you uh, you're thinking about personally that you want to do and accomplish, and not necessarily resolutions, but you know, looking to, looking at the year and uh, seeing if we can. Uh, give ourselves a roadmap and then also uh what's going on in our in our world and our country uh, and seeing if we can't uh predict some happenings out there um so i guess first um i want to say uh happy 2017 to everybody out there podcast land and uh Happy 2017 to everybody sitting here at the table with me today. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which, actually, I brought in New Year's with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Had a and, fun, fun night. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah, say. So you got any, Big Dave up there a little bit. A little yeah, bit, yeah. a little bit. So yeah, anybody shuffling. out there in podcast land who was uh, unable to uh, be here with us at the Pentagast Club, uh, you, all, you, as always, missed a good one. So... Um, before we, uh, I guess, start having more of a more of a political talk, I want to go around the table and I want to ask, you know, your personal 2017. You know, what what uh, what do you see coming up the pike, and what's mm-hmm. uh, and what looks what looks good on your horizon? And uh, we'll start with Ben. Well, I. Just plan on working more and saving money, um, eating better, etc. You know the normal things that people do. Um, but mostly, just I just kind of want to put 2016 behind me. It was, a, it was a really rough year in general. I think that there were, you know, just more discussions that didn't really need to be had, more polarization, more hate, and everything. And I am excited to keep having partisan discussions where I listen to different viewpoints other than mine and open my mind to having more positive dialect with people and keep moving so we can all be successful. That's really it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one thing I, I did forget to mention is uh, every year um, I and uh, the anonymous female and a few other people we know, we, like I said, we don't really do resolutions, but what we do is... Um, we pick a word for the year that's kind of your guiding mm. word, your guiding principle for the year. Um, 
if you don't know it yet, um, we definitely could come back to you. But um, savings, okay, just financial savings. I haven't spent enough time on my on my personal finances. I just I've always been just getting by. I always do fine. I always eat well, and I drink well, and I do everything fine. But um, really getting ahead and taking time aside to uh, make sure I have a really nice safety net is really important to me. Yeah. And that's what I intend on doing. <clears throat> no, I, I, I definitely agree. It's, you know, it is, uh, it is as I say, time time to man up. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I'm in my early 30s, and, you know, I should have been doing it long before, but I just didn't yeah and that's become a primary focus of mine is to quit spending so much on things that I don't need to spend and Ben it's like this you get to a point in your late 20s or early 30s when you finally realize you don't know shit hey I'm already there and once you realize you get to the point where you don't know shit you get to learn a lot of shit I expect to not know shit for the next five or ten years (laughs) you'd be surprised how much shit you're going to start learning yeah well, it's that old adage is... Uh, you know, I could take you out into the field out there, too, to show you all kinds of shit. There's what you think you know, there's what you know, there's what you know that you don't know, and then there's what you don't know that you yeah. don't know. And, that, and that's the bigger piece of the pie. The, the you, whole, by far. Yeah, you Come just on. don't know what you don't know. No. But, but, but it's there to go after. Hopefully, Absolutely. I can shrink that cube. Of, there you go. Those things that I don't know that I don't know mm-hmm. in order to make my life better. And that's what I would like to focus on. There you go. Mm. Sounds good to me. Big Day? I think uh, my word would be, uh, in life there's many chapters, and I think this year's a new chapter. Mm. You know, my wife just retired last year. She'll get bored and go back to work. I have no doubt about that because I know her. she can only put up with my crap for so long. And it was a transition year last year. Yeah. We had, you know, Michelle's gone six months. Her, parent, her father passed. You know, my mother broke her ankle. She spent six months down in Florida. And 2017 is going to be a year, you know, where we move into another place and then start a downscale side of life where we don't have to do as many things dealing with the house life and all that. And we're capable of traveling more and doing more and different things and kind of enter a new chapter in our lives and then especially in a marriage y'all you're in a relationship you have many many chapters yeah and you hit these different transition points and then you get our age you know when you almost my wife's 60 and I'm almost 60 just that you look back upon it and it becomes very obvious you got enough experience behind me you can really look at them and see which is a beautiful thing about being older but so, so personally, I want to keep the drive going forward, um, reach my goals heading into business to where I can continue to provide a good business for myself and my employees. Um, I've already upped some of the benefits for my employees, which is very important to me. I think the most important thing I do is take care of my employees. I think the most important thing they do is take care of the company. And so, you know, my company is pretty well evolving. I have an outside life beyond it, but it's definitely my everyday <coughs> drive. Yeah. It requires that. When you have 40 employees, like just last week, 
here is Christmas time. I'm still running 15 jobs at once. Mm. You know, that's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And we're not on each job site every day, but we had a lot of stuff bouncing back and forth. And you tie up the old ends, and then you go into new job starting and everything else. So, now I want to be, I'm hoping that there's some reform with healthcare that I'm able to provide a better option for my employees and myself for yeah. healthcare. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a little bit more friendly business client, I would hope. Um, Obama was not the most friendly small business president. He just wasn't. Um, I don't know if it's because he didn't understand small business because he's never worked it or what, but he had a lot of things that were putting a pinch on on housing and different things. Uh, the, the EPA went totally stupid on this Clean Waters Act to where if you had a ditch in the front of your house, it was a navigable water. <laughs> Mm. or a pond in the yard and they could, EPA could control it. All this will get repealed. All this will get repealed and it's, we need less re or less regulations upon us so that we can flourish as businesses a little bit more. So that's my hope. I'm looking for a more positive 2017. Um, we've also, really for this, I've owned my business now for 10 years and last year was the first time I really felt like I had what is a normal business model. Hey. Because the recession was far from a normal business model. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I have a, a model that I can function, my company's functioning much more efficiently right now. Because we have a pretty good idea of what we're doing. And, you know, it's it's good on a lot of different fronts. It's good in my personal life and it's good in my business life. Do you think it really took the full 10 years to... To kind of like really learn what you need to learn. Yeah, yeah, very point. much so. You know, because when you come into it, and I bought the business in May of '07, um, high school education. I was a foreman in the field. I was American Dream guy. You work your way up. You make an offer. You buy a company, and then it's the all ship moment. Ah, gotcha. And I got a lot to learn. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. A lot of stuff coming on here that I got to deal with, and so. The company had been successful 43 years under a certain business model. Okay. And I come in with some grand voice ideas and promptly got my ass kicked. <laughs> so you, you, you uh, get humbled very quickly and you learn to back off and start taking a different look at things. I think Chris can relate without me very well. Um, you know, you, you start going back to some basic stuff. And the hardest thing I think for me was as soon as we hit the recession is that a lot of our, our bidding models were no longer viable. You, you, we, we, had, we ended up in this thing that was, you know, not anywhere close to what we would call a normal environment. Right, 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 right. And I have a responsibility. I have a burden. I got, you know, at that time I think we parred down about 25 men. Yeah, okay. From 40, 50. And... All of a sudden, we got to figure out how do I keep these guys working? Oh, okay, okay. How do I keep them paid? You know, these are all these are all critical issues. You have to maintain in construction your talent. Yes. You without your talent, you have nothing. You can be the best business manager in the world, but if you don't have talent, you don't have jack. All right. And that's. You have to keep them paid, you have to keep them happy, you have to keep them alive. 
That's a hell of a burden. That's a hell of a responsibility. Alright. So three years without a paycheck, took a second mortgage out on my house. Oh wow, okay. You know, you borrow money. Um, I found out real quick the definition of a bank in a recession. Uh, definition of a bank in a recession is that before the recession, they'll give you an umbrella in the sunshine. But as soon as the recession hits and it starts raining, they'll take that son of a bitch away from you. <laughs> They only want you when it's going good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is that is a bank. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> that is the bank. That's for sure. That's for sure. What about you, Chris? Uh, if I were to pick a word, I'd just think it would just be growth. I mean, like, there's a million things uh, individually. Like, there's a lot of things. I'd like to. I, I think it's kind of incumbent upon you as a person to keep improving every year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things and that's like actually the very reason I don't do like resolutions because I know like mm -hmm. every year I think I really do believe it's kind of incumbent upon you as a human to mm -hmm. grow year year to year I agree and I try to examine my life all the time and go okay I can't just pick one area to be better at I gotta be better in a lot of areas so well, a lot of people like to pick something and then have like an extravagant goal that they won't meet you know? right. right yeah I think that's <laughs> you have to keep it real you have to keep it real yeah so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to be healthier, certainly like to you know, work harder, would like to be more successful in business, with, uh, as you guys all know now, I'm about to have a kid, so I gotta, you know, somehow find a way to take care of her, and uh, I have been, for 45 years, I've been a stunningly selfish individual. Well, and did you now, say her for, before you go into this next sentence? It did is, you say her? my daughter. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so, thank every, you. So, everybody preferred, out, right? everybody out there yes. in podcast yeah. land, I just want to say, uh, uh, of course, we are all beaming with uh, happiness and uh, pride for Chris as he is uh, <laughs> about to bring his daughter into the world. Um, and I do want to say this is his first. Correct. Correct. And uh, being that his first was a girl, and yes, you're, you're thinking what I'm thinking. He got hit with the player curse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey. I did not know it was coming. I hey, I did. I, so did I out there in podcast land. So don't, 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 don't feel bad. It just at a certain point. But we've had this discussion before. Yes. Right? Before it even happened, we had this discussion. Yeah. And look, man, I truly think you're going to be fantastic. I appreciate You're such a knowledgeable person with so much experience that you brought through yourself and how you came into the world and became successful. Like, like you're going to impart that upon your daughter. You're going to do a fantastic job. I'm yeah. really excited for you. I know you're terrified. I I'm would be too. Yeah. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah, but, I, but I will tell you, I, have to, I will second that emotion. I, I can... I can because I remember when I found out and how that all played out and uh, terror is the only good word that I had. But, but, right. <laughs> but knowing you, a daughter is the right thing. And I, and I think you will excel at being... Yeah, I think, I think I'm glad it's a daughter, not, yeah, a, not, not a son. A son. I, not that I went on about the oh. son regardless, but uh, you know, I think... Knowing myself, I would have put so much pressure yeah. on my son to try to do all, not do all the things that I did. Yeah, there's no uh, way I can disagree with that. You're uh, absolutely right, yeah. I will say this. 
my niece had the first grandbaby of the family. Arlo Otto Dunn, what a name. And Michelle and I never had children, so this is like pseudo-grandchild to me for sure. And when you sit there and hold that child in your hands, and it's just like, wow. I, my sister had twins, and they, she had them preemie. And I remember Paige, who I call Peanut, I literally held her in my hand right here, out of the incubator. Mm -hmm. That's the most amazing thing. Oh, yeah. Babies are these cool little yeah. things that just are absorb so much sensory stuff coming at them all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so I got to see them at two months now. I've got to see them at four months because they live in Connecticut. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've got to see them twice in the last two months. And so you just see that growth. Mm -hmm. But the coolest thing was the first time I saw him and had all bobbling all over the place. And Sam gave me a bottle and told me to feed him. Probably fed a baby in my life, probably, right? <laughs> And I'm sitting there feeding the baby, and we're about five minutes into it, and all of a sudden the bottom end starts working. <laughs> and it dawned on me real quick. I said, that's pretty cool. You put it in the front end, and it don't take no time at all, and the back end starts working, too. <laughs> so we got done with the bottle, and I turned around to Matt, and I said, here's your son. Have a good time. <laughs> there you go. It's but it, they are, you, you, it, they will, I can, trust me, they will blow your mind. Uh, they will absolutely blow your mind. It will change your life. After literally 45 years of avoiding this very moment, I feel like for the first time, maybe there's something larger than me. Well, there's definitely know, something larger than you there. And now you have responsibility and pressure of being poor and those kinds of things. And so uh, this will be an interesting year. Yeah. But one I'm excited about and one I think will be a great year and... I think it'll be maybe the most profound year of my life. Until she turns 15. Because <laughs> when she turns 15, your, your boxing skills may come in handy. My brother-in-law <laughs> brother had the best saying ever. Sam was 16. She's a beautiful girl. And some guy from Memphis, Missouri shows up, 21 years old. She brings him by the house. They have a visit. Comes time to go, she goes down to her bedroom. Darren escorts the young man to the door. And he looks at him and says, I got something to tell you, son. I got 80 acres, a shovel, and a gun. And I know how to use all three of them. Don't come back. Well, if I know Chris. And that is a good thing to say and remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I know Chris by 15, she'll be a better boxer than any of us. I don't think that education will be surpassed. I think that that'll be a pretty quick thing, like how to put your fucking dukes up. And yeah, trust me. She can handle anything that comes her way. Trust me, if you have any weaponry in the house. <laughs> Uh, once once she hits teenage years, they'll be the cleanest guns in the world because because mm -hmm. uh, the best time you'll ever have in your life is no no have a seat son as you're cleaning your gun. Yep. It's just the best <laughs> you look like you're forty. Hey, I, I have threatened every uh, except for maybe the, my daughter's current boyfriend, and that's only because she is a grown woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only because she's grown. I've physically, uh, personally threatened every one of her boyfriends, and, and with the same speech, yeah, and, and to the point where I would say to my daughter, "Do you want to say it to him, or do you want me to say it?" <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> like, okay, so here it goes. Um, you're going out with my daughter. If she comes back in a different condition. 
than uh, how she left. Mm-hmm. Whatever you did to her, I will personally do to you, and they will never find your fucking body. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying to you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, sir. <laughs> okay, have fun. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah. I think you're right. Growth is probably this is the big thing. That's probably uh, probably a good word to use. Yeah, not bad. Uh, so out there in podcast land, we have been joined uh, by uh, one half of the brothers Grimm. That is mm. Connor Boland. Bonjour. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as we have made it around the table, just about. Um, so what we're doing is. If there's a guiding uh, word that's going to be your guiding word for 2017, and then if there's any uh, anything personally that uh, you're hoping for, looking forward to in the year to come, uh, I would say for myself, um, definitely prosperity. At least what I want to be working towards and uh, hoping to reap, in the sense that. Um, you know, I, I came out here from uh, from Long Beach, California, having spent two years lived there, and um, in long story short, I was in the same place I was just before I moved out here as when I first moved to Long Beach, barely keeping head above water. Right, right. And uh, so for me, it's it's definitely in regards to uh, managing my finances better and um, ma- maintaining my uh, work ethic and positive outlook to, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn life around. And so... Uh, Dude, I will say you have both of those in spades. I, I, There's no doubt about that. I mean, in the time that we've known each other, uh, your work ethic and your diligence and the way you follow through on shit has never been a problem for you. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what this year has for you. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's all sure. about finding the right. Yes, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about boss, I am too. You have opportunity, and you 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 get what you need out of your opportunity. It's up to you. Absolutely. Always, you get it out of every day. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. go forward. You learn. You learn a trade. If you stay in the trade, that's fine. <laughs> if not, you got always got a trade to fall back on. Exactly. That's very important to have options. I'll tell you, like, as a 45-year-old dude, it's encouraging to hear the two youngest guys go, I really am looking after my finances this year. Like, this is a year. Because the younger you start, the better it'll be. Absolutely. Uh, And you will eventually start to reap those rewards. Like uh, Uh, like I said recently, I'm (laughs) angry at 20s me. You know, I just... No, 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 you shouldn't be. I mean, it, it, takes, well, it, it, takes, a, it takes a while for everybody to figure out where they are. But the I just didn't thing care is to before. figure out where you are. Yeah, I just and didn't that, care before. Like, like, I just knew that I was even buying it was fine. Like, I knew I'd be fine because I had a job and I had, you know, money coming in. But I'm seeing, like, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't. Like, no. well, how, how, how do you see me, Ben? Let me, just, let me ask you a question. You see me as well off? Yeah, for sure. Really? Oh God, yeah. I took all my money and put it into my company during the recession. Yeah, but you—if I don't took a if, risk, you made if, a if, if I like, don't recover it, if I don't start making some, my money, I'm supposed to yeah, be making. You we're know, gonna be dog food when I retire. Yeah, <laughs> but as you're in your company, now, but we you took know a risk. what's important, and you know how to. I know how. I know the potential yep. to get back to turn around and reinvest the money. Hmm? 
and hopefully be kind of aggressive and everything pans out for us. Yeah, you're also one of but the what if, if everything, best at what you do. Is, but everything is really goes, important. yes. But if everything goes to shit again, and we have another recession like I had now, it's going to be hard to say where Michelle and I will end up. Yeah, I can sure. tell you, I, I think there's a difference here. And what I think over time, both as business owners, you and I have learned is, listen, you can't control what goes on around you. You can only control what you do. And so, uh, given that, I feel like things will work out okay. Oh, I absolutely feel lessons, that way. I wouldn't have done it. The lessons were the lessons were brutal. I mean, we almost oh. shut our doors during the recession too. People stopped advertising. They didn't. Brutal. They never want to advertise. Those lessons are brutal. That's the thing. I think it's much more important to invest in yourself and your ability to adapt and to change and to look and seek for opportunities you and have to be reliant well that's because you can't control what goes on around you that is exactly what i'm doing with my life right now is i've had the right conversations with the right people to see opportunity and capitalize on them mm-hmm. early now thank god and hopefully i don't fail and fuck it up but it's honestly the two but if you, you do you what do you do you just get back up the next day and go get it you don't exactly have exactly these are the things you don't have choices because well, you don't and, learn and, from and, your success and you only learn from your failures you learn from your failures not your success but you and connor have always had that in common and you will continue to have that in common as you guys get older you'll realize that that is the strength that you have Yep. So and that is something that is not always easy to come by. Yeah. I'm no longer as insecure about that as I used to be. Yeah, I used to be like so terrified that I wouldn't move. I wouldn't make a decision. I wouldn't agree and say, yeah, let's do this. I would just be like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm good enough for that or whatever. I, I think another and thing. I'm done with that. I think another thing that the younger generation and a lot of people, this is very important. This is my formula for success. I can't do anything about yesterday. Exactly. I can do nothing about yesterday. Amen. I can can learn about yesterday. I could learn from that failure or that mistake Mm. or that bad day I had or anything else. Every day is a new day. I get up. I say my prayers. I'm thankful for what I have. The game face goes on, and I go get them. You can have and I go get them with a vengeance. You can have nothing to do with the you five minutes ago. Yeah, the you five minutes ago is already done. And if and, and if, learn from that. If more young people would pick that up, you know, it's it's amazing how much success you can have. Yeah. Well, and I would I would throw this out too. Like uh, the biggest thing you can do is just make decisions yeah it doesn't matter what the decision is mm-hmm. you make a decision and then you go that's what yep. being well, right. and obviously if you're going you to take your information and go it's a decision it. that you think you should make you nobody makes a bad decision on purpose you right. just make a decision and you go with it and you trust yourself enough to go it'll come out of this okay no matter what because i trust myself yeah. and percentage wise you're probably going to do decision. okay of course but i mean i think once once you have enough self-confidence and belief in yourself yeah. and you you know, you work well, hard when you start your business. Mm-hmm. You work hard. You make the decision and then you stick with it. And Which then, I'm finally coming around to. That's not, In my yeah. early 30s, I'm finally coming around to the point where I'm, I'm saying, like, quit stalling, make a decision, make a move, mm-hmm. make that money. Not making a decision is the worst decision. Yeah, because you're not, yeah, exactly. not going to 
make anything off off not doing that. So it's outside yeah. of your control at that point. You're letting other yeah. people dictate to you. So yeah, dictate to other people. Deal with it accordingly the best you can. Make the best of it. You both will be incredible and just fine. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, you look. Think about I it. I fucking hope so. You know, think about it's it like great. this. You know, mm-hmm. it's an old saying that said, uh, you know, so the past is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a present. It, 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 that's why it is the present. It's a gift. Use it today. Make the decisions today. <clears throat> when, when I made the decision to start doing this podcast, I had no idea if anybody <laughs> would come and sit at the panel. Yeah. And I have been blessed for almost a year now to never have a week with nobody. Yeah. You know, I mean, there have been weeks that maybe only one person could come or whatever. And that's and that's perfectly fine. But I've never had to go, well, I can't do it this week because nobody showed up. And it's and it's just because when I made the decision that I really want to do it. I had to step out on faith that uh, I was what I didn't know I would learn. Yeah. And uh, and I still feel like every show I'm learning. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like and, and we and, and we commit to you. And and that is the thing that I appreciate you more to than anything. You need to commit to it. Yeah, I I appreciate that more than anything. You know, I've found in life that. Um, you know, you've got, um, you know, you've got, you know, you've got associates, just people you know. Mm-hmm. You've got really good associates that, you know, like you, 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 you know, you kick it with, you laugh with, you have beer with. Uh, and, and then you have friends and, and your friends are the ones, rightfully or wrongfully, they support you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Let me explain the word support out there to people in podcast land. Uh, support is not just uh, using this podcast as, as podcast as an example. The is not just listening to the podcast. Actually, that is a form of support, but that is that is the least you can do. Support, you know, support is showing up every week when you don't have to. And, you know, like I don't uh, out there in podcast land, we sit around and we drink drinks, smoke cigars and have these good discussions every week. And, you know, I'm not picking up everybody's bar tabs and not that not that I wouldn't. But um, God bless these gentlemen here. And, and, and I say gentlemen to all of you that I mean it uh, have never once asked me to. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. I mean, now that I know it's an option. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. You know, but, but, I, but I will say that, you know, it all stemmed from that one decision, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, I've never w- once looked back uh, on that decision and, and thought, oh, I shouldn't have did that. You know, I, I try to learn every week. Uh, that oh okay, I did I did this this week on the podcast. I need to try to do this next week better. Blah 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 blah. And 
everybody who sits at this round table, you know, every week or as many weeks as they can sit, you know, they make a decision, you know, that they're going to come every, you know, on Mondays. We record on Mondays, by the way, out there in podcast land. You know, um, uh, they're going to come every Monday. And I uh, appreciate that more than anybody at this table will ever know. Um, so what's your word for the year? Uh, my word is upward. Uh, upward. Onward and upward. upward. Yeah, you know, I, um, it's, you know, for me, you know, upward encompasses probably just about every other word uh, that has been uttered today. For me, upward is, okay, so, you know, I know what I do here with this podcast and I know what I want it to be. So it's making the steps to um, increase the um, subscribers and uh, it's making the steps to uh, improve the quality of the podcast itself. It's um, making the steps to um, get to do Law Party Live, which is, uh, which is where I really eventually want to be able to go at least quarterly doing um, doing uh, a live podcast for an audience and, um, but knowing where I want to go um, you know I I have to um, you know uh, literally and figuratively uh, look upward <laughs> and uh, you know so, some some of which is in the just the realm of being you know, a better show host and a better uh, businessman, and uh, some of with some of it is uh, just purely in prayer. <laughs> but but onward and upward. I have a word for that. Yeah, it's like being a carpenter. You can't be a good carpenter unless you have vision. If you can't see it, you can't. You can't build it. Build it. Absolutely, you have to have the vision to put that put that in front of your face and be able to see it to build it. You are having to do the same thing. You have to have the vision to see it to build it to know exactly. where it's going to go. Yeah, it's like and sometimes you, you build it and it doesn't work. You have to deconstruct it, and then you have to reconstruct it. Yeah, absolutely. It's like I had a friend who um, was in the restaurant business, serving tables, bartending here and there, doing what he could to goodbye, and then all of a sudden he said, "I'm going to be a carpenter. I'm going to build furniture." Now he owns his own company. And he built uh, the tasting room at Boulevard based oh, wow. on his own company. And this is a guy that's my age. You know. He had a vision. He had a vision. You go grab a bite of balls and hang on tight. Well, you got, you got tired of the same old, same old, you know, like... Would be better little, correct, I grabbed the bull by the ring. That's what he did. And I held on. Yeah. You know. And, and not bull, only those projects. Sometimes that bull tosses you in a pile of shit, but you got to yeah. get back up and regrab the ring. That's just one project he did, but he's done multiple others, and they're all beautiful. And he spends his time making quality. He has, he has a talent. Yep. He's learned his talent. Yeah. Well, he had the time. Like whenever we were serving, like we were. Uh, <laughs> I worked at the Cheesecake Factory. That was my first job in Kansas City, and he worked there too. And they had a problem with like the bar, and uh, there was something wrong with. You know what was going on with like how it worked, and uh, he said I can fix that, and uh, he fixed it for free. You know, like he just got in there, and he's just a server. Like he's just a guy who cleans tables for a living to pay bills, and he just got in there and fixed it. 
you know, no big deal. But that's somewhat of a natural talent. Now, see, this yep. happens in my industry at carpentry. There are people that come into it and take to it like water. They have that natural skill. There are people that come into my trade, and they have desire. They, have, they want to be able to do it. But it is not a natural thing. It, they can't yeah. do it. Very rarely do oh, they, yeah. they end up getting out of it. Uh, that's why I know I can't because do they just they just don't have that hand skill, that vision skill, yeah. that that sight skill. <clears throat> like I told Connor when I first hired him, you want to know how to build this stuff? Go stand there and look at it. It's a puzzle. You have to be a good puzzle builder. Yeah, and I'm no, not absolutely. That's why I don't. You know, I'm not a crafty guy. I can't look at something like that. And, and see it the same way some people do. I think, I think you're pretty crafty. I, that uh, that drink you make is pretty damn crafty. Yeah. But, I, but I will. But, I, but, I, <laughs> but that's taste buds. See, but but pretty good shit. But you know what? <laughs> I, let me, I'll, ju I'll jump in here and say this. And, and actually, this is to both of you guys. I I literally had this conversation with my cousin the other day, and. He was telling me. He was telling me tight with him too. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah, talk a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We talk. It's, he's really like my little brother. You know, okay, okay. Like we talk. We talk almost every day. So day before yesterday, I'm talking to my cousin Brian. Uh, Brian out there, if you're listening, what up? Um, so he's telling me about a friend of his that uh, is a really, really good producer, but he has a music producer. But he has no idea how to sell himself. And yeah. and so, you know, Brian and I, we talk about that type of stuff a lot because um, that's kind of always been a natural gift of mine. It's a, it's like, a passion between. Yeah, yeah like I, 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 I know there, there are definitely finer points that I, that I um, don't know and, um, and uh, defer to um, more professional people. But when it comes to branding yourself that's something I, I kind of have a fair natural ability at and I was trying to explain to my cousin when I came up with the branding ideas for Good Times with Good People and for Loft Party and even for uh, his business that he's working on uh, Renaissance um, I said the reason that I was able to do those is for one, one reason and one reason only. I know me really well. The problem happens to be with a lot of people, they don't know themselves that well, and it sure. takes them a long time to get to know yourself. But the, the advice that I gave him to give to his friend is... Um, and and I and I'll say his name out there for anybody who wants to go out there on SoundCloud and look up his tracks. Uh, cast name's Napoleon Grant. So I said, so Napoleon needs to decide if he's a music producer or if he's a rap producer. Yeah. Different skill set, even though they seem to be the same skill set. To most people, yeah. But I says, and knowing yourself is what it comes back to. I said, Napoleon Grant. You hear that name, just the name. That person sounds like they can do anything. Mm -hmm. They sound like they could probably go and DJ a party in Ibiza. 
you know, like that name has gravitas to it. Mm -hmm. So is he Napoleon Grant who can go and produce something for the biggest artists in the world and DJ parties in Ibiza? Or is he Napoleon? Mm. Just by itself, taking the grant off the end, that sounds like a hip-hop producer. And you make a specific type of track. Which isn't bad. But if you know yourself, then you can market yourself. You know, because everybody thinks that they can do everything. And the one thing that I learned is I can't do everything. I can do a lot of shit. But I can't do everything. You have, right. to, you have to learn to delegate. You know, and that, delegating is the most important thing oh, that absolutely. I do in business. Yeah, absolutely, it's Same like thing uh, Chris, Chris would agree with that in a minute. Ron Swanson yeah, said, "On personal rank, you can half-ass two things or a whole-ass one thing." Hey, hey it's very simple. <laughs> and what I would say to you mm-hmm. is, no, you probably can't go and build a house. No, but um, I could half-assedly. All of us. All of us could pour a drink that we would like and drink it. Sure. But not all of us can go, God damn, that is good, man. What you put in this? Mm, That's, that, is like that is a skill. <laughs> that is a skill. That is a skill. And that and you and a handful of people. Look, there's a lot of bartenders. In fact, I was I was telling this to a, a friend of mine. I was saying that Chicago is kind of notorious for hiring cute bartenders. Um, they can't necessarily. That ain't you, Ben. They can't necessarily <laughs> really make a cocktail, but they look really cute behind the bar. I don't understand. Pouring drinks. Well, I, I like they can pour you a, a, a seven and seven. They can sure. get, they can give you a Hennessy with a Coke back, but they can't make you a rum old fashioned. They they're not. They're not soaking their own cherries. Well, I, like they, like that's a that's a different yeah. level of skill. And once you re- recognize where your skill is, that's where you start building. Well, I asked but him why I was in that room I old fashioned, and he said, "I can't tell you because I'd have to kill you." And the funny look, thing, look, 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 the, look. this is the, this is the funny thing in that statement. In the in that statement. You were joking, but that is a very serious part of business, knowing your proprietary secrets and keeping them. <laughs> you know, yes, you can tell people generally, oh, it's a little of this and a little of that and a little of this, but exactly how much of this, exactly how much of that, exactly how much time did it take for you to fucking make these cherries? Like, that's, different. A that's a different thing. And what I don't want you to do is downplay where your skills really lie. Because I think you've been doing it so long that you don't recognize it's a skill anymore. That's the thing is, I haven't been doing that long. Which makes it even more impressive. Oh, for 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 example, uh, uh, my I call him my brother. He's my best friend. My brother Reeks. He's out in Seattle. First time I met the guy. Um, I won't say first time I met him, but very briefly after I met him, um, he invites me to a party. Come to find out that um, he's DJing the party. I get there and um, he's DJing the party. And what I realized very quickly is that whether he knows it or not, whether he acts on it or not, he is one of the most skilled DJs I've ever heard in my life. 
And and if I know anything, I know music, I know DJs, I know that world. So he takes um, it's a Pete Rock and CL Smooth record called Searching. And anybody out there uh, in podcast land, look up Pete Rock and CL Smooth Searching. You can hear this beat. And uh, and they're rapping over that. Yeah. And uh, so he takes the instrumental for searching, and uh, and he takes a reggae record from uh, from Shabarangs, and uh, never forget it. And uh, and so it's so it's so it's so it's so he's he blends out of whatever he blends out of, and he's searching, 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 searching. And uh, so I'm like, hey, you're like, because you know I know that beat, and I'm like, this is cool. Then all of a sudden, and I'm ex- and I'm waiting to hear the Pete Rock Seal Smooth. I'm waiting to hear those words. Instead of what I hear is big body woman make you jump up, jump up over and like and and what I realize immediately, he has no special cues. He has no computer in front of him. Two turntables. He's able to completely Literally flawlessly blend. Doing it. To it. And wait, the breaks, the natural breaks in the instrumental fall perfectly where the breaks should fall in this record. Like, just the fact that he, he once again, vision, he heard it before he ever touched those records. Mm-hmm. And he had not been DJing that long, was what I found out later. Sure. So, and I will say to you what I said to him several times. Don't squander your gift because you don't know how good you really are. Look. And wait, before you say it. And today, he's not DJing at all. I don't think he owns a turntable. What I'm saying to you is your skills are what they are. And you may have more skills than what you've shown us. Sure. But what I'm saying is don't take for granted the, even the littlest thing because those skills is how you build your how you build your business, how you build your brand. You know, like what I realized is from on a on the music side from a from a production and uh you know, for years, you know, I said I was a rapper because I do rap, I can rap. I'm pretty fucking good out there at podcast land, by the way. <laughs> but what I come to realize yeah. is, really, I'm a songwriter more than I am even a rapper. I'm a songwriter. I can build a track, build the chorus, build the bridges, and I can give that song to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that and that song could work if the artist that I'm giving it to is worth anything yeah and so me maybe not being as good a rapper as other rappers i can make records that sound really fucking good because i know how to make records and and because i know how to make records that's something i'd actually resonate with is i feel like there are so many bartenders who are much better bartenders than me but what i can do at least is look at a ton of Bottles of liquor and make a cocktail that's goddamn delicious. And, and I trust go, me, and I will go out of my way to do so and make and, sure that whoever's drinking it enjoys it and has a fun time. 
but I'm not as technically adept as and, 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 the bartenders and, that have been to the game a lot longer than I have. Oh, trust me. And I know is an honesty. And trust me, I know that there are better rappers. I know that there are better songwriters. I know that there are better producers. I know yeah. that there are better uh, audio engineers. I know that all that is true. But well, I know I've met a lot of the bartenders who are yeah. But I know where than I am. Yeah, but I know where my strengths really lie. Not my, and because, my strengths lie in talking to people. Yeah. Like really, like I, I I just think that I'm a really enjoyable person to to hang out at with a bar, you know. But there are people who know much more about the art of bartending than I do. Yeah, and, and so and, 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 and maybe I still your, continue to try to learn. I still and, do. And, and maybe your future and maybe your future isn't in necessarily being. The bartender. No, I will not be a bartender. Maybe your future is in owning the bar. You know, that seems to be the case. And, 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 and so, and, and so, I guess what I'm saying is, take none of it for granted because no, I don't. Because what you think the big picture is for you today may not necessarily yep. be what the big picture ends up being. But the, this small thing, just being able to make a good drink. Can take you to places that you you can't yeah. yet see, yeah. which I didn't know until recently. Here's something I'd be curious to know because, mm. uh, I mean, again, you guys are a different generation than the three of us. Going into this year, mm-hmm. is it optimistic? Are you feeling like good about where are you feeling good and where are you feeling pessimistic? I was feeling pessimistic. Other than I, I'm feeling incredibly optimistic about what's been handed to me over the past year because of where I am now. Um, I mean, every single sign that was brought to me through social media, all my friends, how they looked at the industry, how they looked at politics and all this stuff, everybody was incredibly negative. Everybody. Everybody, like, because, you know, Dave. Dave. Dave and I do not... <coughs> Have the same circles at all. I'm in. I'm a restaurant industry guy, so everybody in the restaurant industry was just full on like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Um, you know, there's going to be a social regression of 20 years, uh, all this stuff. But I, I fortunately met like the right people working here at the Pendergast Club, where I feel more optimistic about my life. In business and in relationships in general than I ever have in my entire life. I felt lost, just lost as shit. Like, uh, I would say like a year and a half ago, like I was just kind of going through the motions, paying my bills, I was doing fine, but no, I feel like I'm actually putting myself in a place to succeed, like setting myself up to a place where I can succeed in the future more quickly than I ever have before. Because you have positive influence. Yeah. You have to have because the relationships that I'm you building. have to have yeah. people that talk to you that have been successful and older, yeah, and have been through life. Yeah. Never had it before. Like yeah. all, all those people, I was ignoring them the entire time mm-hmm. because I was just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I talked to them a little bit before. Well, that gets back to the point where you don't know. This was yet. a much more <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was a much more intimate environment. Learn to listen. People, learn to listen to people because everybody's going to give mm-hmm. you a piece of knowledge. But what and, I'll say about it's amazing what that club, knowledge can be sometimes is that all of you took a much more active interest in actually engaging me and, and seeing who I was and what I was about and what I could do, and you woke me up to seeing what I could do to actually be successful. 
so it changed my life entirely. I, I really thought I was stuck for a long time. I, didn't, I was going to get out of the industry entirely. I was like, going to find something out, something else out, whatever I had to do. But don't be not, a, don't be a carpenter. No, that's what. Come on. <laughs> no, you you all you all have taught me to play to my strengths, my literal strengths. What I what I actually have, what I care about. Mm-hmm. I care about you know making good cocktail. I care about making good food. I care about pleasing people. I care about giving good service. These are things that I've always cared about, but I thought that there wasn't really, you know, have much, pride, have much pride I in what do you do to perpetuate that into a successful right. life. Have, have pride in what you do. Yeah. No matter what you do or how long you do it, have pride in what you do. If you decide uh, to change your, your your career or your path, I didn't actively, you still need to always have pride in yeah, what you do I didn't and be act, proud of yourself. I didn't actively seek that though. That's the thing is, whenever I started this, like I knew what I was doing, and, I, and I've always been this kind of way, but I didn't actively seek the perspective on it, is that you all actually took the time to talk to me about it and see the value in what I'm doing. Well, Connor came to work for me, and we were sitting there having our talk, and Connor has good positive attitude right now. He's, mm-hmm. he's ready to make a change, and he says, I will make you proud of you, of me. And I said, no, <coughs> no, no. What you got to do is you look in the mirror every day, and if you're proud of yourself, everybody else will be proud of you too. Mm-hmm. And that that is a huge, huge secret. You, you don't worry about trying to please everybody else. Please yourself first. Make yourself proud. If you make yourself proud, then you you will please everybody around you, and you will go forward unbelievably. Yeah, that is a, an attitude change. That is something that you have to think about. Yeah. You have to be proud of yourself. You have to look at that mirror and like who you see every day. And if you can do that, then you got really something poignant going on. Because now you're uh, on the right so, path. So I thought I didn't do that. I, I've always liked what I've done. It's that, that I didn't really see the bigger picture of the future. That well, being, being proud happen. of yourself is a bigger picture. But sometimes you can like what you do and be a little bit proud of what you do and, and excel at it. But thinking you don't have as much opportunity until you have the right conversation. Hmm. True. There sure. is opportunity that exists that you don't know that exists. And whenever that presents it to you, then you go, holy shit, like I can do all this stuff. Oh my God. Well, I, I and a lot you, of people don't know that exists. There's, I'll there, tell you, I'll tell you plenty of a time, there are plenty of talented people in the service industry that would never know otherwise. And then they go on and they're like, well, I guess I'll be a teacher. Or I guess I'll, you know, like get a college degree and do this kind of thing. But like, you know, and like nobody ever thinks that like they can just like see what this is and go forward with it. Every, every, most of the people in the service industry don't think that they can like really f- make a run at it and do a successful well, I have, job. I have a very poignant story of a, something that's happened to me this last week. I had a young man come to work for me, hustled his ass off, mm-hmm. and gave some races. He's not the smartest kid I ever had worked for me, but he's a hard worker. Is this Connor? Five, six, <laughs> five, six, five, six, it wasn't Connor, it wasn't Connor. We just checked. I'm working on it. Fucking dang it. Goddamn, but, that was but, awesome. But right. he had, uh, his mother died seven years ago, and he suffered depression right after Christmas, because she died around Christmas, and I don't know how many Benadryl he took, he took a shitload of them, tried to kill himself. And basically was not able to make it work, I'm sure. He, he called me, and, I, and, I, and his wife called me and told me what happened. And this is an interesting position that I'm in, because I am, with my experience in my past, which I had a very rough past too, with drug addiction, 
homeless on the streets of New Orleans of all places. And so I know, I know where this bottom is. I know where this hell is because I walked right to the door. And he called me back today. I, I told his wife, I said, I don't even want to see him till after the first of the year. Right. He needs five, six days to heal. And he called me back today. He's gone back to church. He's refound himself. He feels good about himself and he's ready to come back to work. There is no greater reward than having a positive influence on somebody's life. Absolutely. There's no greater reward than that. That's when things come back to you. Absolutely. And I'm always so humbled when things come back to me. And, and, and in my past couple of years in particular, I've had many things come back to me. And it's just an amazing experience in life. You know, I'm trying not to get emotional over this because it is that deep. Mm -hmm. You know, and I had another friend come into my office today that's just been struggling mentally with so many things and talk to him. And he got me up and gave him, wanted me to give him a hug. Because somewhere I'm getting to him. And then these are things that that are important in life that if you can pass your past experiences on and understand these things and help them to understand where they are and where they need to be. Yeah. You know, that that day forward that day forward thing is what I talked to him about today. It's a it's a day forward thing. These these are, are just unbelievable things that can happen to you later in life. Yeah. And they're so rewarding. They well, really are. Even young and, and, and hopefully this young man will, will understand where he needs to be and where he's at. You know, fit spiritually, physically, mentally, and be able to look himself in that mirror and say, I like who I am. Yeah. Those are huge, huge things. Actually, I've had a, I've had a, cl a close friend of mine who's done the same thing for me as I was in a really, really dark place. And I was... Uh, I got my second DUI. Um... All, we all get and, in dark places yeah. and we all have dark thoughts. And there was somebody... It, it's the ability to put those things away and move forward out of them. But there was a person who took his time out of his life to say, Hey, come with me. <clears throat> and I moved in with that person and I stopped drinking. It's a huge reward, isn't it? Oh, yeah. For both parties. Well, I, w I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be as successful as I am today with, without him. And I'd probably be working still in a shit restaurant and not... And, and be much more drunk than I am today and just be kind of a shitbag if this guy hadn't said, hey, man, like, cut it out. Yeah, we all need somebody. And, yeah. uh, and, and luckily, I think we've all had at least one person in our lives that have been able to uh, reach a hand out and say, hey. That was my grandfather. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My, I came back here and, and my grandfather any, talked to me moving to Kansas City. Or, or above that. You know, no, absolutely you know, not. No. Five years. He, he lived five more years after I got her. He ended up being the best friend I ever had. Because I was Ben's age. I was a little older than Ben, not much. And he basically told me I didn't know shit. Yeah, well, we still don't. And then started, <laughs> I still don't know enough. And <laughs> brought me forward and taught me how to be a man. Taught me how to be responsible. Taught me about standing up. And being responsible and taking care of myself and my family and everything I was supposed to do. He had that life lesson. And those are huge, huge, huge life lessons if you can learn them. Absolutely. Connie, you've got a pretty global perspective on a lot of this. I mean, having been in the military and all that kind of stuff, what, what do you think? 
Well, in regards to uh, in, in, in regards to, uh, I think there's the personal, and then I think there's the global, and they kind of interact at some point. Yeah, just just about. Uh, well, one one, I think we kind of cut you off uh, when you were uh, when you were when it was your time, but uh, just about knowing yourself and and how how you move forward in life and. And who who's giving you some of the better advice? That, uh, your, your brother Lane has done a lot for you right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, he, he's he's brought you out. I did with my cousin Joey. I got my cousin Joey off the street doing drugs. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Pendergast Club, carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz. Nine thirty one Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri, the Jay Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin. Managing to keep the podcast going. Apparently, whether or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. I'm picking more Freeman with me, which he absolutely hated. Yeah. He hated it. I mean, he did it for a year with me and lived with me. And now, shit, he's just so successful, it's not even funny. He's making a shitload of money. You know, because he always had the talent, he just didn't have the direction. Yeah. I, I can definitely identify with that. And uh, especially with that person being Lane, uh, my oldest brother, in that um, a month ago, I, uh, I was at a point in life when I was living in Long Beach that I felt like things were moving forward, at a job that was paying well, a girlfriend that, that loved me, and um, all those, both of those things. Uh, uh, went away very, very quickly on the same day. And um, I, I'll, I'll be uh, absolutely honest and forthcoming. I was ready to suck start my 40 cal. And uh, if it wasn't for Lane uh, giving me a phone call and saying that um, it's just time for you to, to, to try something else, to go somewhere else, to try again, um, because you're looking at permanent solutions to, uh, to temporary, temporary problems. problems. That um, it, I, I literally, you know, packed all my shit up in a week and, and got on out here. And I will have to say that um, in the just over three weeks that I have been here, I felt better than I ever have in two years. Um, mainly due to a hell of a lot to working for you, honestly. That uh, I took what you said originally to heart about making myself proud. And being able to look at the end of the workday and see what it was that I helped to build and see it sitting in front of me. It's not going anywhere. That, um, that, uh, it definitely. It becomes a legacy after a while. I can drive around this town, all over this town, be like, I built and that. I can find I my that. legacy. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that is a wicked cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 then that that goes back to the whole point of of like you're saying, being able to you know look look yourself in the mirror and be able to to like what you see. Mm-hmm. That um, I'd have to say one of my greatest demons is self-loathing. That um, I, I feel that I've wasted so much since that I left the army, and that I've made so many damn mistakes that I did not learn from. That uh, that that is the greatest motivating factor in the now making me hungry. And, and, and wanting to sink my teeth into being prosperous and, and building something for myself. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You know, like I say, I, I've known you 
since you've been out here in the, these few weeks, but I, I can definitely tell you, um, I, you know, probably just like Dave, you know, like I can see gifts that you probably don't know you have yet. And we, and, and I told you, uh, the other day on New Year's, I'm very happy that you've become a part of this roundtable because uh, you are a real contributor, you know, and uh, to your age group in particular. Yeah, I mean, and it's very uh, much so because you're not really a millennial. You're a little bit on the other side of the millennials. Yeah, you're you're on a side where they 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 saw a recession, and things weren't so good, and everything wasn't so rosy. And sometimes things every sometimes things go to shit in the world. Uh, I think that has part to do with how Connor was raised. I mean, that's yeah. For one, like I mean, there's a lot of millennials who uh, their parents fell into the trap of coddling their kids, and Connor certainly. Well, I've not. heard stories of his dad. I know that wasn't the case. His dad's one hot ass. At all. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my dad was uh, very uh, very well known for. Uh, Damn near insane bouts of hard assery. I like that. Hard ass. His picture's on, in the de- dictionary yeah. under hard ass. Yeah, but I mean, and, and that's the thing, though, that you, up up until eleven, that I, I I had that in my life, and then when he moved half, halfway across the country, I had to very quickly figure out myself for myself, sure, what it was to be a man moving forward without you know fatherly figure in mm-hmm. your life, and then with Lane being at West Point. That's and difficult. Brett going across uh, across uh, across the country and eventually you joining the Navy. I literally had to strike out and define that for myself. And uh, you know, honestly, if it, if it wasn't for uh, the, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, I'd probably be a, a much much different kid. Mm-hmm. Much different kid at this point. Yep. Because that taught me that uh, sometimes uh, opportunities don't always look like opportunities, and that uh, obstacles are opportunities. If not only to uh, you know, be- better where you stand financially, physically, whatever have you, but to be able to better yourself mentally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't ever forget the mental edge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that mental edge is, is is really that toughness. Yeah. Spite. <laughs> right. That's Spite. toughness. I, yeah, I know. I I, 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 I started it. I started swimming nine years ago, and and, and really? I, I wasn't a very good swimmer at all. And I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And I was about six months into it, and our coach comes up to me. He's a pretty hard ass himself, and he looks at me. He says, "You're a tough nut." I said, oh, "Let me tell you something." I said, "I am a tough nut. You can't hurt me. You cannot hurt me, but you can make me suffer." <laughs> and he does make me suffer, but he brought out. Kept pushing me and pushing me, and yeah. I kept getting better and better and better and better. Yeah, better at accepting suffering and for your benefit. To where I am now, you know, I'm, I'm working back off my shoulder surgery, but I will work back. Yeah, and absolutely. And I'm a big man. I'm a 240 pound guy in the pool. I jump in and I knock little kids out the other end. <laughs> <laughs> but what's good is that in the pool, that weight. Has a lot less impact on your exercise. It's, it's, it's than the best running thing. Or, the best thing for me. I was yeah. on asthma medicine when I started. I had asthma. <clears throat> Within a year, I was off of it, and dropped my poundage. Got myself in shape. Bought a speedo. Ah, sexy. Got a nice tan <laughs> line. 
could have done without that now. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. I'm about to say, I'm about I got one with skulls on it, though. It's a badass I'm feel. Say, did, did, I'm about to say, did you see it, though? I'm about to say, because I've seen it. Read there. Read there. You have. I've thought about that. I was there. For, was a, for the that movie. was a good gig. That was that was funny. That, that, that was yeah, you didn't see because there's all those females looking at me going, "Oh shit, I'm gonna see Dave full frontal." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to go around the table one more time and uh, get any uh, last thoughts about uh, our conversation today about 2017. One prediction for the year. One prediction for the year, the and and we'll start. <clears throat> Start over here. Start with Connor. Mm. <clears throat> it could be a prediction for the world. It could be a prediction for yourself. Huh? That call check. <coughs> Real quick, because it's gonna take a it's gonna take a little bit of chewing. Okay, we'll let, we'll let you chew it. We'll let you chew it for me. I feel the same way, I guess. But um... You know, I think it's going to be good for business owners. Obviously, the tax plan coming out right now is, is helping people like Dave, um, and that's really fantastic. I, I think that a lot of people are going to be really upset with a lot of Donald Trump's initiatives, um, and that's fine. Um, but I can't claim to know what will happen because nobody knows. He just, like, says things that either will or will not happen. Um... But all in all, I guess personally, I think I'll be okay because I'm a straight white male. And really, I look forward to opening a business myself. And hopefully, I, I guess his tax plans will help me too. Um, it's funny how it switches. It always switches. It always switches. It always, it always switches. switches. I, I do predict that in the, uh, in the elections that will come in, what, two years, right? Uh, yeah. I, I think that either in the House or the Senate we'll have uh, a Democratic majority because they'll come out in so much force because they're so angry. You know, they weren't angry enough to elect Hillary Clinton president, but at least I think we'll get you know some. They weren't angry <laughs> enough to vote either. Yeah, there were a lot of people that weren't. There were a lot of people that weren't angry enough to vote. They feigned well, their anger. I they feigned their talk, I, but they did it. Yeah, well, I think we all know why. It's because Trump represented <laughs> and Hillary Clinton <laughs> represented. Business as usual, and actually, that was uh, the only reason why I was like okay with Hillary because I was like, well, at least it's business as usual. Like, shit can't be that fucked up. That's why I didn't vote for Trump because I thought Trump represented like a volatile nature of politics that I didn't want to fucking take part in. But again, back to the fact that his tax plan is actually a lot better and it's going to save a lot of people a lot of money. Sure. I, I think <clears throat> my my prediction for twenty seventeen is that on the political end. There's going to be a lot of um, maneuvering as far as powers of strength go, which is China, which is Russia, and which is us. Yeah, I mean, because because we do have we do have a president who's going to work trying to work from a position of strength. That's his nature. That's all he knows. It's the, it's the art of the deal, if you want to call it that. And and they will. Um, everybody's going to be doing a little jockeying now. Everybody's going to have to kind of see where this goes. Um, you look at his cabinet and, and what he's put in place for that. You know, there, there's several military guys. These are strong-minded people. Um, many of them are, are business people, not not bureaucrats. But is Powell with Vladimir well, Putin? Give, okay. All I gotta say is give it time. 
because he's put some interesting people in place, and there are different people. And so you have to kind of, we have to really shake out a first year here and see where it goes. Uh, Trump is going to be inexperienced in a lot of ways, but he's also put a lot of experienced people around him. That's what good business people do. They fit. You have, me. To, you have to be able to uh, delegate everything out there. Trump is going to be a major delegator because he doesn't have the experience in a lot of areas, and he will delegate to these people to try to create what his vision is. And it's going to be very interesting to see what shakes out. So my question is, if it does well and we have positive results from it, how are people going to react to that? Well, anybody, because anybody it, who's sound of mind, of course, will say, but but good. It's, but it's about, it is about the economy. If the economy prospers, everybody prospers. And he has these things in mind. So that will change a different aspect of things. If he can make the economy improve and make the job markets improve, and everybody starts to prosper a little bit. Everybody starts making more money. The wages come up. Because that's what we've had is wage stagnation. It's very, very difficult. Mm. Yes, it is. It's been very difficult for me to pay people. But I need to pay them for what I feel their skill level is. Okay, as a small businessman. They have a high skill level. They deserve to make X amount of dollars. Because that middle class needs to be strengthened. You strengthen the middle class and you strengthen their wages that they make. They go out and buy things. Money burns holes in your pocket. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And 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 the, but they will also invest in more. They'll do different things. And if all these things come forward, and I'm not saying they are, but if all these things come forward a year from now, we got a whole different look on how we're looking at things. And I hope that's the well, case. If, if I, I, and I think, and I think, no matter what your party affiliation, that you have to hope that America gains that type of strength. Look, if that happens, I'll sing all the praises. But you have, but you have to gain. I, as a businessman and as a person, I do best when I negotiate from a power of strength, with compassion. That's the big secret. You have to be strong, but you also have to have compassion. You have to understand both sides of that coin, and it's a difficult coin to understand. It's a difficult coin to turn around and make all the parties. And all the factors come together to make that happen. So my my prediction is I think that will happen, and I think it will shock America if it does. Of course, will. Chris, uh, um, I think I'm almost the exact opposite. I think anytime somebody wins, somebody else loses. I think you only have to look back to Reaganomics to see that. Uh, yes, you could make an argument that the country improved in the 80s, well, starting from the failure years of the Carter administration, but uh, the gap between rich and poor widened more during that decade than in any other decade. Um, and so I fear that tremendously. I fear that instead of strengthening the middle class, you have a growing upper class and a very larger lower class. That's a possibility. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with and that. And that, that makes me nervous, especially given what seems to be heightened racial tensions in this country already. Uh, you're talking about taking advantage of uh, people who already don't have a foundation and making it worse. So that, that does make me nervous. And the thing about increased wages is increased prices. At some point, we're going to have to deal with inflation, and so your ability to buy things uh, goes up 
accordingly with your wages. That that does make me a little bit nervous. The other thing that makes me really nervous is I think uh, we will find ourselves on the brink of war with China by the end of the year. And China will will we'll work from position of strength. We don't have a position of strength. Their currency is based on our dollar, and they own the vast majority of our uh, national China, debt. China's so, a worry. Uh, that is a huge problem for us, and that's a country of a billion people, and we are a country of three hundred million people. It doesn't exactly work out in our favor. Um, and as their economy continues to rise at astronomical proportions, ours is not rising that fast and that's that's an alarm for me so uh we don't have a position of strength with china at the moment and if we start acting like we do then i think we're going to find ourselves in big trouble and maybe biting off more than we can chew and i've always been alarmed that our president brags about a twitter war with rosie o'donnell i'm not sure he's the right guy to be in office at this point because diplomacy uh and I, I think you only have to look back at that Teddy Roosevelt. There was never a more forceful president in the entire history of the United States than Teddy Roosevelt. But people forget that he was the first American ever to win a Nobel Peace Prize for solving, uh, coming to a treaty with Russia and Japan when they were in war. Um, and that was a massive act of diplomacy. I don't know that this president has the diplomatic skills uh, and the temperament to make that happen. My hope is he has some people around him. My only rebuttal to that is, is that as Americans, as far as, as the economy goes, we've learned to want to buy cheap. And cheap doesn't necessarily promote us. And, and to your argument on that is that the middle class will have to spend more money if things aren't always as cheap as they are. They like to go to Walmart because Walmart's cheap. Inflation's going to keep And if we start producing more goods at home, those goods are going to cost more. Yes. It's but, a definitive. But, and, and so it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Well, and we're going to have to deal with inflation because right now we're just printing money. I mean, inflation is a... Is, yeah, it's going on for it's, over it's an yeah, for sure. I mean, so we have to start dealing with this uh, fiscal crisis that is looming. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a real thing. And my concern is that Trump being a billionaire doesn't have necessarily the same uh, interests as, honestly, somebody like you or I or anybody else at this table. Uh, we're not billionaires. I would love to be. You know, yeah, billionaire prize aren't I don't, the worst problem to have. I don't think he's looking out for anybody at this table. I think he's looking out for the people who uh, fund his campaign, put him into office, and, and he has the sensibility of a billionaire. Okay. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, cutting capital gains doesn't actually mean all that much to me. I mean, congratulations. I mean, that's great because then people like Warren Buffett and Mitt Romney and those guys will pay less uh, of their share. Yep. But I'm a huge believer that when you are an investor for a living, that should be taxed as income tax. Well, if you, you make income, be, you should be taxed. Well, yes. But the idea of capital gains is that you're investing, and so you, mm-hmm. that's why Mitt Romney paid 13% in tax when his secretary and Warren Buffett's secretary was paying 35%. Mm-hmm. At some point, when that is your only job, when you are an investor by trade, that is actually your income, mm-hmm. and that should be taxes, income tax, and you should be put into the highest tax bracket at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that is one loophole I would love to see closed. Well, do you, do you feel like it would be better off to have like three different tax categories instead of seven or eight? I would love to see a flat tax, to be perfectly honest, because I think yeah, everybody, I... everybody uses... <coughs> 
the amenities of this country fairly equally. There's no difference between one person driving down the highway versus another person driving down the highway. It still does the same amount of damage to the road. We still so, get the same trash pickup. We but, still get the same water. The, the same police. In every same... country where they've implemented a flat tax, it has... Uh, one, the rate of compliance has gone up tremendously. You could literally do your taxes mm -hmm. on the postcard yep. if you wanted to and send it in. And you're not paying it. Everybody should pay something. You yes. know, I absolutely Everybody. believe that. And I, I, I think if you don't, you're just taking advantage of the things that are being offered to you. I don't think there should be a point where we say, okay, you don't have to contribute to society. I always thought that it was weird whenever I was poor that I would get money back. <laughs> And, and you're not probably in it back. You were, were in essence, giving well, yeah. a loan to the Paying federal in, government. Paying in, but then it'd be just, like, you, I you get a check. You gave them a loan, and then they would send so you back. So, thank check, check was more than you but paid. But if, if everybody paid a, paid a flat tax, then uh, it would just be like, oh, A flat tax would be well, perfect. Here's my... Here's my... They could do the math. And oh, wait. Before, before you get into that, I do want to hear from this side of the table mm -hmm. uh, uh, real quick. Go ahead. Um, you checked. Right. Are you ready to jump in? Sure. Yes. Um, I would say, moving <coughs> forward, that I feel that uh, geopolitically, for better or for worse, that we're going to see a much tighter relationship with Russia, as has already been um, as already been made evident. What with uh, Putin's overtures to, uh, of amicability to uh, Donald Trump, um, you think those are legit? Yeah, I, I really do think they are. And what I, what what I can see, what the Russians can bring to the table for us. Considering Donald Trump's like tweets, he's just yeah. You know. Well, they have business interests. Uh, well, mm -hmm. that that aside, at least, at least uh, how deeply we are embroiled in the Middle East, that the Russians are a possible ally that have been ruthlessly dealing with Islamic insurgencies much longer than we have, sure. and much more effectively than we have. Do I necessarily agree with their rules of engagement? Not exactly. But what I'm getting at is they, they could be just a, a, another ally to bring to the table to help uh, solve the issues that we've honestly created there. Um, and then on, on the uh, issue of China, I feel like that the only people out there that uh, really uh, are at odds with the Chinese as much as we are are the Russians. No, I was going to say, I mean, I, I feel like they're much more natural allies than we are. Oh, of course. Uh, given yeah. that they both come from communist backgrounds, have very strict military control of their states. Uh, right. Well, and you Russian commies and Chinese commies. I agree, but what I am saying is that they have worked together numerous times throughout history to affect mm -hmm. uh, the outcome of, of international politics. Sure. Okay. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if... Uh, you know, if we ever got to the brink of war, mm -hmm. who allies with who? Yeah, because who, who I always side of the line. Between between I, I think probably traditionally yeah. British, French, maybe India, which we would need for just sheer manpower alone, because they're the only ones who can counterbalance the Chinese. Right. Maybe <coughs> our coalition, but uh, I don't know. I, I see Russia and China probably linking up the same way that we linked up with Russia in World War II out of necessity. Mm. Uh, not necessarily out of shared interest, but out of necessity. Fuck, I hope to God this does not happen. <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like the most natural alliance to me. Yeah, no, and I, I don't know that that would be uh, how it shakes out, but that seems to be where it would shake out. I don't think it would just because of the level of business that all these countries do with each other. But I, I definitely do believe that that is a very interesting economy, th thought. Economy, economy. Because of the yeah. uh, fact that well, it, if it did come to war, 
between us and China. Logistically, the Chinese would not be able to support an invasion of the United States mainland, period. If if they tried, it would be like Dunkirk in reverse. They would literally be using merchant ships to try to bring their soldiers here. So the becomes aerial warfare then. No, it becomes a cyber war. Mm. Exactly, because is what you have. when it gets right down to it, the Chinese do not know how to project power from sea to land the way that we do with our Marine Corps, which is exactly the reason why every time we have an exercise with the uh, with the Thais, with the Filipinos, with the um, uh, most Southeast Asian countries, the Chinese are very quick to try and have an exercise just after we do right. to try and learn what we taught them. Right. Right, and, and, and so what, what I'm getting at is that that's why they've very, very deftly invested in increasing their uh, short-range, long-range, and medium-range uh, ballistic missile capability because of the fact that they realize that they wouldn't succeed fighting us on the sea. They wouldn't succeed in trying to invade our nation. And so honestly, our only, what's the word, um, effective approach going forward would be to try and just strangle the living shit out of their country economically and uh, logistically. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you in the fact that they don't have the capabilities right now to right. launch an invasion of this country. We could launch an invasion of them. But it wouldn't go well. So if the Russians were to team up with the Chinese, all of a sudden they would have that, that capability. But this yeah, the Russians are in a precarious position. The small one little thing. 80% of Americans are armed. This is true, yeah. Like, uh, uh, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Or, I mean, it, does, it does in the ground invasion. Yeah. If they were coming yeah. to us, yeah. I mean, this isn't... If they come to us, anybody that invades Red us... Dawn. Ray, yeah. Red Dawn. This isn't Red Dawn, where a bunch of dudes with rifles are going all of a sudden. I mean, like, all, all you have to do is look at the Korean War to see how that went for us. It did not go well. well I'm pretty I mean, good at 300 yards. They, they pushed us back <laughs> pretty damn far when we invaded North Korea. I'm mediocre... I'm yeah, no, it, it was by a sheer act of God that we were able to get back to the 48th parallel and call it even. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. call it a truce. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a classic example of at some point, manpower just fucking runs you over. When there's a billion of them and 300 million of us, yep. that, exactly. that's a lot of people. Yeah, we don't want to I do mean, that. ask the South how that one no. them in the Civil I, War. I, I so just can't see us right. coming to that point. I just don't see us in t- today's yeah. world. Of coming to a point where another huge <coughs> superpower and like I said, the game. Super, I, I, I'm I'm not saying too it can't much, happen because things can go to shit real quick. Business. We do too much business to them; they don't want to go over. It happens at some point when you feel like you have uh, an advantage over somebody else. You could have made the same argument in 1900, which was a fairly connected world at that point. Yep. A lot of international trade, and yet we suffered two massive world wars that killed over 100 million people Jesus. during the last decade. Uh, and I think you could very easily see that again. I think every generation Excel. goes through something kind of along these lines. So it'll it'll happen at some point. Yeah, I, I haven't been twenty seventeen, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think twenty seventeen will bring will bring that. But but I do I do fear that. Um, that it is uh, an ever increasing possibility. I that, think it's, that's the seeds. That in the next five years, we we really could see. Uh, Going over China? Well, sure. The 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 problem. I hope not. 
the pro- I mean, I definitely hope well, not. I hope do not, but things can happen. Yeah, I do it. think that history has done this before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the major issue. History has done this before. Yeah, and I, so, I some do dumb asshole gets the idea you can do something, and yeah. boom, there you go. Yeah, and like I do feel like our biggest threat is: do we have, uh, on, like, say, on a geopolitical level, uh, do we have enough? Business interests with with with, with China and Russia to mitigate war, or will ideologies? I would say not with Russia, but with China. Yeah, yeah. Will ideologies win the day? And if ideologies win the day, it is it is possible. I really do believe in the next five years that we can we can see uh, another another great war. Um, But what I will say is um, not to get that heavy on the geopolitical side for for me you know I want to try to keep it to 2017 right now and um, no anybody out there in podcast land no um, I did not uh, vote for Trump and uh, but uh, he is in office and uh, the only thing that I am concerned about at all uh, with Trump because, because to tell you the truth, um, I don't know if it's gonna. Because for for the poor, it's bad. So I don't know if it's gonna get that much worse for the people that it's already bad for. Uh, what I will say is, um, the only thing I don't want to see. Um, uh, so anybody out there uh, in podcast land listening and uh, thinking or know somebody who's thinking about such a thing. What I don't want to see is uh, an assassination of our president, um, and for for one reason, um, um, I, I may personally uh, think Trump is a jackass. Um, uh, what, but but what I don't want Pence. is Mike Pence yeah. uh, in the Oval Office. I think he is much worse uh, than Trump knows how to be. Um, just in the same way that um, um, I thought. Uh, George W. was a complete moron. Um, I don't think he was a bad human being. I don't think he was a bad person. I just think he was stupid. Um, and had something physically happened to him, um, his vice president taking over. Lord would, Cheney. Yeah, would have been horrific for our country in a bunch of ways. So uh, what I will say is... Um, There's a whole bunch of us out there that did not agree with uh, this, with who got to run. Uh, We didn't agree with um, who ran. We didn't necessarily like the people on either side that ran. But our government, for better or worse, uh, did what it was supposed to do. Um, It peacefully elected uh, our next leader. And we do hope that it is a successful presidency and not only successful for the president's interests, but for uh, us all, for all Americans. Because um, if it is successful for all Americans, then, you know, in four years, we get a chance to uh, pick again. And if God, God's grace uh 
you know, he does a fantastic job. You know, he may wind up back in office to do four more years of an, of a fantastic job. If he does an awful job uh, in four years, in four years, uh, let's let's vote him out and put somebody else in there. But, um, you know, for all the for all the people out there who just just the same as all the people out there who voted that uh, our current president, Barack Obama, had had a bad presidency. Um, you know, let's not do that. Let's we should be hoping and praying for every president to do a good job, because if they do a good job, they do a good job for the entire nation. And I was all about Obama when he got elected. I did not vote for him, but I had strong hope that he would be able to do Good things. Yeah, and, I was and, proud of my country. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. We absolutely, voted a black president. Yeah, very proud. You know, it's it, it was it was interesting. You know, is is you know, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about you know what he what he has or has not done in his uh, presidency. But what I will say is, um, when the uh, Senate and uh, Congress are controlled by the other party, which um, after the first couple years, they were controlled by the other party. The ability for you to do your job when they don't want you to do your job uh, becomes very difficult. So what, what I do hope and I do pray for is that uh, cooler heads prevail and we, um, allow you know the the good measures to happen to take course and the things that we vehemently disagree with we vehemently know would be bad for our country use our voice yeah we use our voices and and you know and look taking to the streets and uh protesting and all that stuff it has its place but at the end of the day it is the people that you vote into office that we proxy our power to. So we have to be uh, educated uh, and, and educated electorate so that we are putting people in office that really can be our voice. They really can be our fingers because, you know... As Chris said, there's 300 million of us. So, you know, that 300 people, you know, uh, you know, they they're the ones who directly speak for the rest of us. And, you know, toward the beginning of the primaries, you know, I remember saying that, uh, you know, I couldn't believe on the Republican side um, in particularly the, the just the parade of fuckery that was was happening because it wasn't that uh, that you know Trump was running yeah, at the, at the time there was what sixteen people <laughs> and I couldn't find one part and and trust me uh, I am I'm not, I'm not a Republican but what I do try to do is I try to look and really see and really investigate across the aisle who's running that might do a good job. Because at the end of the day, it is not guaranteed that, you know, just like in like in in like in sports, it is not guaranteed that your side's going to win. 
um, you know, the away team could come and trounce. And uh, so knowing that it's not given that, you know, your side can win, you know, you hope that the team that they're playing is putting their best people on the field. And uh, what I found in this particular uh, election is that uh, <laughs> is that, I, that nobody was putting their best people on the field. And, uh, and, and when that happens, um, you know, whoever is better at strategy will win the game. And uh, so we can't cry uh, because the Republicans were better at strategy than us this time around because they weren't. Uh, just as uh, when President Obama was running, uh, you know, his team was better at strategy than the Republican team. Uh, and, and then they had Sarah Palin and, too. And, 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 and Hillary at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. So, it, it, so I'm not upset that uh, upset is, is upset is the wrong word, but the fact that Trump is in office is what it is at this point. What I do hope is that, and and, and with what I'm saying, I, I'm going to close today's show, uh, our first of 2017. Um, what I do hope is that at the end of the day we're all able to do what we did over the holidays and get together with our family and friends and loved ones. Uh, we're able to um, give gifts and, you know, and eat good food and have, you know, the warmth of those people that we care most about around us. And I hope that the economy stays strong enough that those things, those traditions that make us kind of uniquely American um, continue to be there and to thrive. And with that, I want to end this with the toast that kind of started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people. people.